Hello and welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch and we have the lovely and talented cat that's C-A-T playing it cool. Cat, what's happening? Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all your premier podcast platforms. We also can be found on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow. And hopefully Vegas is still standing after the Formula One race is done. Two towns we're shutting out. One is Memphis, Tennessee. Of course, there's a great place to go see Graceland or the Civil Rights Museum there. Our other town is Eggertsville, New York, near Buffalo. There you can go to the Frank Lloyd Wright Martin House. It's uh, one of the famous architect's most important work since early career. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to us. Giving you a big cheer. All right. <laughs> Alcohol, always a mainstay here on the back porch. You know, a day without a beer probably wouldn't kill me, but oh why God. risk it? Today, I'm back on my old favorite. It's Dos Equis Amber. Don't get the green bottle. Get the brown bottle. Dos Equis Amber with the lime. Always with the lime. Cat, what you got? Um, it's uh, When this comes out, will be the end of November. And what do you like to do a lot during November, Steve? Blow leaves. And this is the leaf blower. It's a bourbon fruit <laughs> cocktail. It's pretty good. So Get I can some... put that in the uh, Yeti tumbler while I'm out there not enjoying blowing these, by the <laughs> right. way. That'll make it more enjoyable. <laughs> All right. Sounds sweet like you, baby. Thanks, All doll. right. Today, we're going to take a look at the NFL. We're a little past midseason. And the National Football League and all its faults, we're going to look at it. You know, if you bought a ticket to an NFL game this year, uh, I don't want to call you a moron, but Maybe I'm one of those sold-out commander games. Yeah, if you, if you play, placed a bet on FanDuel, Barstool, DraftKings, I will call you a moron. You know, the NFL, it's supposed to be professional football, but what I've seen so far is not even close to professional. All I see is bad football uh, by bad teams. And then the good teams, and I'm going to call them out, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, <clears throat> Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, they're out there sandbagging like a bitch. Okay? It's so obvious watching Super Bowl contenders go out there and play against teams that suck and just don't even compete. Just keep it close the whole time. It's it's pathetic. You got Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jared Allen for the Buffalo Bills is probably the worst actor I've ever seen on screen. He, he can throw a football through a tire at like 40 yards, but magically when he goes out there against shitty teams, week after week, um, he, he struggles. I, I, 
I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. The Bills, they play the New York Giants. Uh, whenever this comes out, it'll be weeks ago. This was the game that made me snap. Okay? Snap. The, the NFL's been crooked as a snake for years now. But this game was over the freaking top. Now, they do it. <laughs> the killer is, you're watching the game. And they're doing this shit right in front of your face, okay? The Bills are playing the New York Giants. Now, I've been watching football at every level since I was like, I don't know, six years old. So it's like 50 years of this. I know a little bit about it. Not not everything, but, but a lot. I know very much. And the, the New York Giants could be one of the worst professional football teams I've ever seen in my life. The 2023 Giants... They couldn't beat a top-ranked college team, okay? They got no heart, no guts, no nothing. Yet, I think it was week six against the Bills. Uh, the Bills had zero points at halftime. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Now, I do feel a little sorry for the New York Giants coach because he looks like he's trying and he wants to win and he's trying to will these losers to do something. But he had to put Tyrod Taylor out there as his starting quarterback. Remember because him, the, Virginia uh, Tech? The, uh, the number one dude with Daniels, he was hurt or something. So here we go. Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback for the Giants against the Bills. Now, we know a little bit about him, as Catch just said, because he played for the Virginia Tech Hokies right down the road from here. Now... He also Tyrod, played for the Browns at one he's point. He's been on every team. He's been in the league for like 12 years, and this dude sucked at Tech. And, and they call him a superstar. I'm like, superstar. I, 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 every, superstar. I, all I was saying to do, every time he got tackled, he laid on the ground. Looked like Tom Brady. They tackled me. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's out there, okay? And all he knows how to do is run, run, run. And Kane hit the side of the barn with a pass. And he's out there with the pitiful giants and and there's Jared Allen and the mighty Buffalo bills doing absolutely nothing series after series. Okay. And of course the officials play their role, right? There was one penalty after another, after another flag, 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 smoke and mirrors. Look over here. There was one penalty for roughing the passer against the giants. Dude hit, the quarterback, Allen, down he goes. There was, it wasn't even roughing the passer. He just hit the guy. And all of a sudden, he runs off the field to go to the, uh, what, concussion tent or something? More smoke and mirrors. Said he was hitting the head. It was The whole thing was fucking insane. Penalties keep on coming. I mean, professional football, I, again, I, I'm laughing out loud at this shit. Here was one play during this game. Okay. The New York Giants have the ball. Tyrod Taylor, he's in the shotgun. The snap bounces in front of his feet. He collects the ball, picks it up, and promptly bounces a five-yard pass in front of the feet of the receiver. And I'm like, this is professional football from the New York Giants. And Buffalo should have been beating their ass 63 to nothing. And this thing's like, 
knotted up at the I mean it's it's a fucking joke. Get off the field, Giants. If I was the Giants, I would just punt. Like when they gave us the ball, gave him the ball on first down, don't even run a play. Just fucking punt it back to him. It's a joke. And and that's just one example of the many crooked games presented by the NFL. Um, here's another one. Smoke and mirrors everywhere. The Kansas City Chiefs against the Denver Broncos. Another team that can't get out of their own way. Magically, the Super Bowl champs barely scrape by 19-8. to Now, if you're scoring at home, anyone betting the spread or the over, you got your ass whipped. FanDuel wins again. You know, the best bet to make, probably on FanDuel, is whether or not Taylor Swifty is going to show up at the Chiefs game. You know, and we want to think the NFL is paying her to show up. I don't know. We want to thank Taylor for showing up and showing the world basically that the NFL is it's sports entertainment. That's what it's turned into. And that way they can get away with saying, ah, so some of this stuff's a little funny. It's not sports, it's sports entertainment. It's not professional wrestling, but it's starting to feel like it. And of course, that game, speaking of Taylor, uh, her boyfriend, Mr. Swift all of a sudden had an ankle hurt. Oh, my ankle hurts, and he had to go off the field, which is an epidemic, by the way, of players getting hurt this year. Lots and lots of injuries. I know it happens every year, but this year it kind of reminds me of the NBA where nobody's going to play the whole season. And I think I know why the NFL players are piecing out left and right. It's because they don't have any pads on. And I already went through that on another podcast where they just, they've got thin shoulder pads and basically nothing below the waist. And the injuries are kind of out of control. And I guess that's probably uh, fucking up a lot of dudes' uh, fantasy football teams. Now, midseason in the NFL is, is proven to me, and not just me, many others, there's dudes all over YouTube, I didn't know it until I looked into it, where they pick this shit apart, show the plays, show the crooked penalties that weren't penalties. And I'm just glad, again, that there's other people out there that see this shit besides me. I mean, these games are, are about as fixed as a wrestling match on the WWE. I mean, Vince McMahon it looks good right now. Here we go again. Another another Denver Bronco Kansas City Chief game. They're at it again. They play like week six and then maybe week eight. Again, the Denver Broncos, one of the worst teams in the league. They got Sean Payton is the coach, who's a complete fucking dirtbag. I mean, this guy's a piece of garbage. He's the coach of the team. And then they got Russell Never Was Wilson. As now, a quarterback. Wait a minute. He's a local guy, so you can't say I that so could much. care less. Dude went Hollywood. He's a punk and he sucks. Now we got the Denver Broncos. They beat the Chiefs. Okay. Who scored nine points in the game? Now all of a sudden, Jason Mahomes and Mr. Swift are out there. Have you ever seen Taylor Swift's boyfriend run a pass pattern? You know why? Because he can't. He runs down the field. This is it. What's his name? Travis, Travis, whatever. Kelsey. Kelsey. He runs down the field 10 yards, and he turns around. And Mahomes throws it to him. 
That, he doesn't do any slants, no hooks, no ten and out. Travis, Travis, Mr. Swift runs down the field 10 yards, and he turns around, and he's standing there wide open. Why? Because a great zone defense in the NFL. What a fucking joke. The Kansas City Chiefs, how many of you fan duel losers out there, put your dime on the Broncos. You've got to be fucking kidding, okay? I mean, in the real world, in a legit professional football league, Kansas City Chiefs would have beat their ass 50 to nothing. But again, we're watching the worst Broadway show ever. And did anybody watch the Broadway show between the Philadelphia Eagles and the below average Dallas Cowboys? Another game midseason. Okay. Who? The, the Eagles, clearly better. Clearly better laid down and made sure everybody watched the Eagle-Cowboy game to the bitter end. Check this out now. Eagles scored seven in the first quarter, seven in the second quarter, 14 in the third quarter, and then magically in the fourth quarter, stumbling, fumbling, and scored zero. And between all the bad acting by Jalen Hurt and the constant fucking penalty flags, over and over again, the Cowboys were presented with six chances, by my count, to win the game. And they couldn't do it. Proving my point over and over, that these games, they, they don't give a shit who wins. They just want to make sure you watch this shit to the end. Now let's get to the cherry on top. The NFL, in all its faults, and there's, so, there's too many to mention, this is this shit show called Thursday Night Football. Probably the oh worst representation of the NFL I've ever seen in my life. We ain't digging it, Bezos. Now, let's, let's remember that Thursday Night Football started out on the NFL net, network. Right. Um, not everyone gets the NFL network. And so the, the ratings were probably low. Um, they, it used to be like two mediocre teams, but now all the teams are five and three, four and four. They, they've all got a, the same record anyway, so they're all mediocre. I say they're all, they all suck. So let's put it on Amazon Prime and try to get the youngins involved, right? Right. Because let's be real, the older generations, they don't even know how to navigate Amazon Prime. So here's an idea. Let's just get rid of Thursday night football. Okay, you're watering down the product. It's never gained any steam. The players freaking hate it, but they're not going to get rid of it because the powers that run the NFL, they just want to keep on getting that, what, advertisement money. I mean, Cat pulled it up on the prime thing. They got just as many commercials as they do on Fox. It is constantly hitting you with commercials, and they're sitting there on the couch, and then they're let's get under the the pregame show on. You've got to see the pregame show on Thursday night. It's it is unbearable. They of course they have a token female who nobody knows, and why does the female on these football shows always have to sit on the left? Is that just to remind the camera remind guy? Remind it's not about her. I have no idea what's going on. Tony Gonzalez, who was a hell of a player. Richard Sherman was a good player. He's an idiot. And then they got Ryan Fitzpatrick on there. God, that guy. Who, dude, Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick, 
He played quarterback for what every team in the league, and wasn't good. And and they hype this thing up like you're about to watch a Super Bowl, don't they? Yep. I'm waiting for a halftime show on Thursday night football. You go on your Amazon app; it's right there. Oh, I'm just trying to buy something for the house, and here's a huge ad for it. And maybe Alexa's Jay- over here asking me, "Are you watching the game tonight?" <laughs> it's brutal. They're trying, but that thing is a freaking train wreck. Here's the bottom line: the NFL. It's really not about promoting the sport of football. It's now, again, sports entertainment. It's like a soap opera. It's completely horrible. The officiating, which is also part of the script, is unreal. They don't, call, they don't throw a flag the entire game. You already know this. If you watch football, you already know all this shit. And then five minutes to go, what, cat? There's penalty Penalties. after penalty. Holding pass interference. These dudes have been pulling and ripping on each other the whole game. All of a sudden, every I mean, other the first place. The first quarter, there's no penalties at all. The last eight minutes, it's penalties out the wazoo. Like I said, I don't know who's writing the script. Maybe they got the same guys who uh, write the script for the uh, WWE. I don't know. I mean, watching these quarterbacks who appear to not know which color jerseys they're throwing the ball to. It's all to get to the promised land, and that is to make as much money as possible. Go, Commanders. And to screw, and to screw over the morons betting on it, that, that's most important. I, I don't know. So just keep on watching. You know, Just make sure your team ends up 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, which is what they do. So what? At the end of the year... Everybody has a chance to make the playoffs. That's the whole goal. That's they want everybody at 500. That keeps everybody watching. That keeps everybody, everybody buying Steven. tickets to the game. It, it's so freaking obvious. You know, again, the NFL, it's just crooked as a snake, and they do it right in front of your freaking face, and you keep falling for it. And, and they've been doing it for years. It's nothing new. I'm not falling for it anymore. Wake up, sports fan. You're being scammed. All right, let's move on to one tough son of a bitch. All right. This week, it's, I'm going to butcher his name. It's Niccolo Machiavelli. Correct. Born in 1469 from Florence, Italy. Machiavelli was a, he was a diplomat, an author, a philosopher, uh, pretty much known as the father of modern political philosophy and political science. Agreed? Correct. Um, I had to take a class in college called Political Philosophy, and I think his book was one of the first books we had to read. And the Prince. The Prince, yeah. which was written in, let's see, what do I have here, 1513? But really wasn't published till 1532, five years after, after his death. After he died, I know. That's wild. It's okay. kind of based on the murderous career of Cesar Borgia. Um. If you noticed some of these older, older cats, brilliant people we bring up sometimes on One Tough Son of a Bitch, they didn't just stick to one thing, right? right, they, right. they were into math, science, nature. I mean, they like went across the board. It's calling someone a Renaissance man, that's what it is. You weren't just right. interested in one topic. You had a, a broad intellect. Yeah, he grew up in kind of a chaotic time there in Italy. Uh, the, what is it, Medici family? The 
Medici. Medi yeah. Um, pretty rich, powerful people right. kind of ruled there for several decades. They got bounced. And uh, he ended up getting thrown in jail and tortured at one point. Right. Um, he has been credited for paving the way for modern republicanism. Right? He was or, also or the first modern political philosophy and political science. Yeah. I mean, he had an effect on the founding fathers, this dude. Um, and Kat just mentioned it. Best known for his book, The Prince, which Kat just said wasn't published till last year. It kind of lays out... It, it, it lays out the theory that to be a successful ruler, you must at times be deceitful. Right. Um, you must be feared and use violence. Welcome if, to the Medici's and the Borgias. <laughs> necessary to be a, a good ruler, you got to be a dirty bitch. Right. Which is kind of, you know, it's sort of the... Uh, or as the, some of us call, Dark Brandon. Yeah. The uh, Dark the, Biden. The ends justify the means. Right. And uh, you can't you can't be everybody's friend. I mean, and he's pretty much remembered through the adjective Machiavelli. I knew I was going to butcher Machiavellian. It. Yes, yep, that's right, and that makes you know. And people think that term is very dark. Yeah, it's not. It's just very straight and to the point. Right, and that makes him one tough son of a bitch. Are we watching something? We're yes, still watching. we're watching something. And this documentary was Till Death Do Us Part. It's uh, Soaring versus Hansen. Uh, it was a crime that happened back when Mr. Steve and I were probably, I know I was in college, up there in the mountains. and I was enrolled. You were enrolled. I didn't go. <laughs> and it basically is about the double homicide of Nancy and Derek Hansen who lived there in a little town called Bedford that's out there near Lynchburg. A few Her, hours from here. Yep. Her daughter, went. Elizabeth, went to UVA, and she met a boyfriend, Jans Suring. And what happened was um, March 30th, 1985, uh, Derek and Nancy were brutally murdered in their house there in Bedford. And at the time, Elizabeth and the boyfriend said that they had gone to D.C. for the weekend, which you take 20, back in our day, going up to Northern Virginia was not quite the hassle that it is now. Right. You would just you take 29 up. or 95. You'd be there and you'd just, you know, spend the weekend, come back and have, have a good time, not the pain in the ass that it is now. Anyway, so, but the they looked back at the mileage on the rental car and they had way too many miles on there for having been in liars liars so anyway it kind of goes through everything that went with the trials she was tried first and then he had absconded to uh the two of them had absconded to england and they had a hard time getting back here to virginia because we had the death penalty at the time were they found guilty Yes, they were both found guilty. They both went to prison. And their getting out of prison was kind of... They're out now? Yes, they're out now. But they spent like 30 years. Oh, shit. 35 years in prison. Just to get the parents' money? No, I think it was really screwed up. She was like his first girlfriend ever. And he was a nerd. and he was They were obsessed with each other. So, And then they end up going to England. And that's when they get caught. 
after. But why did they do it? Who knows? Okay. I don't know. It's, it's, I, still to this day, I don't understand why it happened. Anyway, and, it, and some of it is quite invo- involved Virginia politics, some German politics of everything that was going on. A lot of money involved, yes, judges, lawyers, anyway, all of it kind of crooked. If you want a good view of what happened to them and this crime and everything, he's still saying he didn't do it. She's saying, yeah, we did it together. They both served their time. It's a good documentary. If Called? You Till Death Do Us Part. There on, on Netflix. All right. Whew, that was some heavy shit. I need a shot after that. All right. Shot of the week. Let's get to it. It's a SoCo Lime shot. This one is a shaker. Get your shaker filled with ice. It's very easy. And your shaker filled with ice. Add a shot of Southern Comfort. And a half shot of fresh lime juice. That's it. That's it. Southern Comfort, some lime juice, shake the shit out of it, pour it in your shot glass, and bam, you got the SoCo, S-O-C-O, lime shot. Cat made us up a couple. Let's do it. See what we got. I'm scared. It's a lot in here. Not bad. It's not bad. It's a little flat. It needs something. Yeah. It's, Did it's, we have it's fresh a, lime juice or was that out of a... It's lime juice. Okay. <laughs> All right. It went down. It went down. I'll have another. Thank you, Kat. All right. This week we were bumpered in with a cool lady. Pink. Everybody knows Pink. 43 years young from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Pride of uh, Doylestown. How did Alicia Beth Moore get to Pink? Okay. Do you know this story? She began performing at age 14 in Philadelphia. Right. She, um, it was the first time at a kid's camp I pulled my pants down and blushed so much they called me pink. Wow. I didn't know that story. I didn't want to hear It's also a reference, if, <laughs> if you remember Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, there's a Mr. Pink in there yeah, that's also yeah. kind of. Where it also came from. Gotcha. Uh, Age 16. Now, 14 years old, she's in the clubs. Right. So she's got some juice already. Then she was in this group called... She said she was like a hard partier. Like to rave, ecstasy, meth, special K. I knew none of that. None of that. 16 years old, she was in a group called Choice. Right. And Choice never kind of hit it big, so Pink went solo. And, of course, the rest is history. Um, she's been kicking ass since 2000. Let's see. Debut album went double platinum. She sold over 135 million records, three Grammys, tons of other awards. And there were so many concerts this summer, you know, the Swifties and uh, Beyonce. But Tink, Pink had an excellent concert mm-hmm. this summer. She, she broke re- records in her own genre. So. Awesome live performer. Right. I remember as many years ago, I think it was the Grammys where she did this performance. It was totally insane. She's pulled up by cables, kind of dangling above the audience. And the thing was, while she's getting flipped around, she's not missing a note. She doesn't lip sync shit, Swifty. She she actually sings her songs. Very physical performer. She was a competitive gymnast for eight years, between four and 12. So that was her... She was obsessed with Madonna. At one point, she told her mother 
that I know you're not my mom. Madonna's my mom. <laughs> you, know, you just admit it to me that Madonna is my mom. I tell you what, I don't know, I don't know Alicia Beth more, but I wouldn't mess with her. I'm going to tell you right now, um, she seems to be a woman that doesn't take any bull from anybody. Being a daughter of divorced parents, many of her earlier songs inspired the tough times in her life. Anyway, there's a great interview they had a few weeks ago on 60 Minutes. If you can go find it, watch it. It's a great. And she's still doing the acrobatics and amazing everyone. I tell you what, Pink's bringing it again. What's bouncing around here is her latest release called Trust Fall. We were bumpered in today with a song called Never Gonna Not Dance Again. Pink is the bomb. You know Pink. We know Pink. And we want to thank everybody for hanging out on the back porch. Check out Pink and check it all out. She is awesome. Again, thank everybody for hanging out. And we will see you all down the road. See ya.